Hi, everybody, and welcome to Discussions on Christianity with your host, Adam Hobbs. In episode five, we have the Psychedelic Christian Podcast with our host, Clint Kyles. How are you doing today, Clint? I'm doing great. Thanks for inviting me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. I'm sure it will be interesting. So, Clint, you do a lot of work um, in bringing the topic of psychedelic use into the Christian um, debate or audience where we can have a public discussion about some of the things that are really not discussed normally within Christianity. And I really enjoy that about what you're doing. I appreciate it. I I hope it's um, reaching those of us who are looking for such information. That's what kind of set me off on the on this journey is, um, you know, I had experiences with psychedelics that I believe to some degree informed my Christian faith. But when I looked out into the world to find others um, to share those thoughts, experiences, ideas um, to discuss with, I, I couldn't find them out there. So that sent me on a journey of finding others. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of people out there, but they just don't like to talk about it because they feel socially pressured that it is not acceptable within the Christian community. Yeah, that's that's the vibe I'm getting. <laughs> yeah, um, which is something I think we should really take another look at, especially considering biblically we have all kinds of descriptions of being in a spiritual body and experiencing things that are wheels within wheels or other prophetic natures. Um, and it just seems to me like a lot of Christianity today doesn't want to get into those kind of topics. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, I think that's the product of, um, living in a world with a materialistic educational system. Mm -hmm. So, um, if, Most of us who have any kind of, you know, spiritual faith or religion, um, it's something we practice, you know, subtly um, throughout our daily lives. But usually only, you know, once or twice a week are we in the presence of, of others experiencing that faith in a worship or uh, educational type atmosphere. However, um, especially as, as young people, children, and all the way up to, um, you know, edu- you know, graduate level university education, we're steeped in a, uh, materialistic framework Absolutely. in which to, in which to view the world. And so, um, it's a, it's a real challenge for us as modern people to recognize and give any level of credence to something that we've been taught is um, probably mythical, mythical or mm-hmm. fairy tale, oh. because we uh, we believe everything is material and concrete, and we haven't embraced um, the other, and in my opinion, more foundational part of life, which is the spiritual. Absolutely, I've found through my own personal journey that most of the things that Um, If you look back at ancient cultures and what they taught philosophically about nature and reality are a lot more accurate than what we have come to believe within the past few hundred years. Mm. And science is more and more proving that what the ancients thought was true. Right. 
And sometimes um, something can be true and yet not historological, if I'm using that word properly. Uh -huh. So, or, or the historicity of it might not be accurate, mm -hmm. but it can be true. So often with kids, I'll ask, you know, do you believe Harry Potter's true? And they're like, no. <laughs> I'm like, but it is true mm -hmm. on an archetypical level. Yep. It's the hero's journey. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. okay. And so oftentimes, uh, you know, our ancient, you know, pagan ancestors, maybe they didn't really have, uh, you know, the the creeds as we know them today that kind of codify our, our faith and uh, our walk with God, but they had like more elemental truth um, because they were, it's almost like they were codifying and teaching their lived experience in God's world. Absolutely. So that kind of led them to certain truths, even though they weren't uh, what we might consider accurate. Mm -hmm. I kind of see it as, so when you are going into a spiritual um, space, you are looking more from a top down, whereas when we're looking and studying from a more physical space, uh, we're looking from a more bottom up. Oh, no. Did I lose you? Everything's Ah, crap. Okay, let's try this again. Nope. Do I have you back now? Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, Sorry about after that. I, I don't know what all you heard. After I quit speaking, I, I could only hear bits and... Yeah, what I was saying was um, we... Um, well, the ancients anyways were using their spiritual experiences to codify nature, and that is more from a top-down perspective, whereas we now are trying to look from a more bottom-up perspective through science. And what we will find is that both of them are saying the same things just from different angles. That, uh, that sounds like a very reasonable understanding of uh, that dichotomy to me. It's the essence of the paradox, you know, because um, especially when you look into deep spiritual things, you're always going to get paradoxes. And without understanding that both of those things can exist at the same time, just in different natures, you're never going to come to a full understanding of that nature itself. Exactly. 100%. So um, tell me about some of the people that you've had on um, that you've really enjoyed the conversations with and some of the things that they're doing to um, spread awareness of what psychedelics can do to help people. Um, well, um, let me answer that broadly and then narrow it down. I've, mm -hmm. I've enjoyed, and this is not, I know it sounds cliche, I've, I've enjoyed every guest I've had. Um, because I'm getting a unique perspective um, of their lived experience in the world of the Christian faith and in their experiences or their thoughts and or their thoughts on psychedelics. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of at the end there, um, you mentioned almost like a positive spin, like what these people are 
believe about psychedelics being helpful. Well, I've also had a number of people who believe they're not helpful. And, um, and so just so people listening understand, um, my podcast, although I'm personally cautiously optimistic about how psychedelics might be helpful for modern people, including Christians, um, I'm not, um, 100% certain of that. And I'm not trying to, um, impress upon people that they have to come to some positive terms with psychedelics. I recognize there are um, dangerous pitfalls for for many individuals who um, who use any kind of substance. So um, I've enjoyed both those who, like me, um, share a, a somewhat positive understanding of and potential of psychedelics and also those who who are weary of of the subject or even outright um antagonistic towards the use of psychedelics so um wow uh, i'll just mention a few um that i've enjoyed particularly mm-hmm. um because i'm because i'm a christian and because i value other Christians who've taken a large portion of their life to, to study uh, the faith. Um, I've really enjoyed having members of the clergy on. Mm-hmm. So I've had uh, a number of the participants in the Johns Hopkins psilocybin for religious leaders study um, as guests. And I've really valued their, them sharing their experiences with me because um, this is not the burnout on the street that you run into who's asking to bum a cigarette or, a, you know, a couple of bucks, this, who has a psychedelic experience. And I'm not, I'm not saying that person's psychedelic experience doesn't have value as well, Absolutely. but, but it is a little, a, a lot different when you hear someone who's invested their entire life into studying, um, our faith in Christ and bringing that level of of information understanding and education uh, and a lifetime of christian living then they're bringing all that into the experience and so it's often very potent to hear what they have to say you know because they have a um you know they have a a language and a and a and a, and a vocabulary mm-hmm. that as far as the, the spiritual goes, um, that exceeds the average common parishioner. And so it's just oftentimes, you know, very interesting to hear someone who's a religious professional speak on the topic. So, so yeah, I've enjoyed those, I guess, I guess I could say the most. So that's really cool. I, I find that if you have a strong foundation, something that is complementary, if it is right for you, like we were discussing earlier, again, psilocybin or psychedelics is not right for every person it depends on each individual and what you are called to and what you are comfortable with Um, Mm -hmm. but if you have that strong foundation then complementary things like that can help build it up even further i believe i believe it definitely has the potential to do so I, i agree So who has been your favorite experience anyways um, in the psychedelic community? Hmm. 
that's a really good question. I've never really thought about that. Um, or what would you say is the most impactful story that you've heard, at least? Um, I should have prepared for that question beforehand. <laughs> I will. I, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna dodge a little bit and uh, okay. and answer that. Um, I guess. And this is not a person that I have respect for because of their faith journey. Um, I guess it's a person that I have some level of respect for because um, they were willing to speak so openly about it and bring the conversation um, to the forefront of, of edu you know, to, to a, a more uh, discerning and educated group of people, you might say, um, kind of sacrificing themselves to bring the topic out of the shadows. And again, I, I'll honestly, I wouldn't ever hold, you know, uh, Terrence McKenna up as some kind of, uh, example to follow as a, like a moral compass, but, um, but in some, in, in a large way, he inspired me unbeknownst to him to start this podcast. So, so almost, but almost because his presentation was the antithesis of what I wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. So one night I'm listening to a podcast, um, that is a recording of one of Terrence's lectures. And he's speaking about the some psychedelic language that was taught to him by self-dribbling bejeweled basketballs. And I'm thinking, as a person who's had psychedelic experiences, that makes sense to me. But how does, you know, the middle-aged, you know, Christian lady sitting down the pew from me, how would she receive that? That, that would sound like, you know, um, dropout, burnout, you know, drug abuser kind of language to her. And so I'm thinking, how can I make sense of that? So that that's what kind of sent me down the journey of finding a Christian who would speak openly on the topic. And I really couldn't find very many. So um, that's usually God's way of telling you, maybe you need to start having these conversations. And so. That's what I decided to do. So I guess in some in some weird way, <laughs> my whole um, psychedelic Christian um, framework here was somehow, oddly enough, inspired to some degree by the late, great Terrence McKenna. Mm -hmm. it, it's amazing when you ask God for something and you hear that little voice that says, why don't you do it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Usually followed by your ego saying, no, no, not me, not me. No, I can't do that. <laughs> I've got to pretend like I'm just like everyone else on this uh, street here in Mayberry. I, yeah, exactly. I don't entertain such thoughts, never. But I also think that's why so few actually have the true experiences like we were talking about with like Ezekiel and the wheels or um, other biblical spiritual journeys i mean paul talked about going up to the third heaven um or at least he knew somebody who did um but it is very rare for people to 
step outside of their own norms, and I think the people who tend to step outside of the norms are the ones who tend to experience those kind of things. Mm, yeah. So it's like they already have a taste of it. Mm -hmm. And so they're willing to further explore that because they already have a, uh, a sense of the mystical and what's possible. Yeah, because if you don't believe that anything is possible, then you're not going to experience it. Right. So and there, there's a certain, like, there's a certain uh, adventurous nature it takes to step out there, too, because um, if, if all of culture, society, your faith is telling you one thing, um, but you see something, like, maybe, maybe that's not the case, you know, it takes a certain level of courage or or insanity to <laughs> to chase down those those roads sometimes because um because everything in your in your world is trying to convince you otherwise so it takes a certain there's there has to be a certain uh proclivity in the person's personality to to abandon like what society is telling you and explore something that at least as the way it's been relayed to you is, is possibly rife with all kinds of danger and negative possibilities. And there are dangerous aspects, um, especially to some of the more potent psychedelics out there. Um, I know personally, I don't have any issues with anything that grows naturally. Um, I have great hesitancy myself towards anything that was made in a lab. Um, mm -hmm. So personally, I try to stay away from anything of that nature, but again, to each their own. Um, yeah, I, sh I share that concern and, uh, but I don't know what to do with it. I don't, I mean, I don't, I'm not, uh, adamant or concrete about that. You know, mm -hmm. I don't, again, back to the materialistic education, you know, it's, it's like we, we look at this compound as found in a natural substance mm -hmm. or a plant, a fungi, whatever. And we think, well, that's the active substance. We can recreate that active substance, derive it, synthesize it. It's the same thing. I, I don't know. I don't know if it always is. You know, there's a certain level of mm -hmm. alchemy, a certain level of participation on the part of the, the craftsman in that regard. Absolutely. Um, so I can, I'm concerned about um, the intention that's brought into such things. Mm -hmm. And I feel that if it, personally, this is just my personal opinion, that if it grows in nature, then it was designed for us. And to be used in these certain situations with respect. Right, right. Yeah, and that doesn't always mean eat, eat a whole bowl of it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of poison, poisonous things in nature, but maybe those maybe those things make a great um, you know tool. Maybe they make a great fiber that we can use to make clothing from. Maybe they create a dye that we can use to color things. You know, so mm -hmm. um, or um, you know things like hemp rope. You know, right, right. And you know, hey, mangoes are great, but if you eat sixty of them in one day, um, you're going to have a very negative. Um, trajectory there for at least a couple days yeah eating is you good know. gluttony is bad 
right? <laughs> and I think that can sometimes apply to, uh, you know, to mind altering substances. Well, it's absolutely true because we are eating with the mind in those cases. Mm. Never thought about it like that. So you can okay. be gluttonous, you know, for the substances or things like that. Um, it is a measure of our own discipline in order to make sure that we do not overeat. Right. And and even um, I'm at a loss for the passage. I'll say it's in Matthew 15. You know, Jesus says it's not it's not what goes into the mouth mm-hmm. that that corrupts a man, but what comes out of the mouth. And so I think consumption on any level, you know, be it a substance or a food. Mm-hmm. Um, think we're defiled by our sin nature, not by what we're putting in our mouth. And I know Jesus wasn't specifically talking about, you know, ayahuasca there. Um, but I think that can apply. You know, it's like if, if a person has sinful intentions, which we're all, you know, potentially capable of, obviously, and you use that substance, then I would anticipate um, some kind of negative spiritual impact on yourself or others. Mm -hmm. Um, Likewise, maybe, I hope, for the person who is faithful and seeking to follow a spiritual path in accordance with with God's revelation, maybe making use of the same substance might have um, a positive impact, Mm -hmm. hopefully. Yeah. Intent is very much a big part of what you do. Well, of what you should do with psychedelics, if you wish to use them respectfully and in a way that is natural, I will say, or God given. Right. Because there have definitely been, um, at least I know personally in my experience, I have done psilocybin mushrooms on several occasions um, where I was using it recreationally. And we had a fun time, blah, blah, blah. But it was nothing compared to when I used them for a spiritual journey, if that makes sense. The depth and understanding that I gained from that experience. Right. Right. It's, it's not, it's, it's, I don't, I don't want to put it on the same level for sh- as, or uh, let, maybe not the same levels, a very accurate way to say it. I don't want to equate psychedelic experience with spiritual, AKA Christian worship in my case, mm-hmm. but you can you can enter worship with the absolute worst attitude and worst intentions. You know, um, yep. oftentimes the 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 greatest criticism people the the Christ, average Christian gets is, "Yeah, your church is full of hypocrites." To which I always say, "Right, 
Yeah, we one more won't hurt. Come every on. Every single human in the world is one. <laughs> and so I know I've showed up to church at times in my life where I was angry, bitter, um, probably had resentment towards a brother in Christ. You know, that that's uh that's not just not good, that's poison mm -hmm. to to your soul and theirs, you know. And uh I think a person can bring that same level of intention into baking a cake, mm -hmm. uh, tying their shoes, or using LSD. There's a reason grandma's cooking tasted good. It's because exactly. she made it with love. Right. Seeking her ingredient. <laughs> hey, they call it, you, you might joke about it, but it does play an actual role. This is scientifically proven. Water interacts with your uh, impressions and your mental state. Right. Totally proven. Yeah. I have seen, I've seen evidence of that, um, which, which kind of, um, I guess, confirmed like my suspicion all along, you know, to see that kind of evidence, mm -hmm. you know, they've done, studies that seem you know would appear on the surface to prove that people who are prayed for fare far better um through a physical crisis than people who aren't prayed for mm -hmm. you know it's um and i've seen those ex experiments where you're you know people have um tried to invest certain intentions into a glass of water and there appear to be observable differences in how those glasses of water, um, you know, perform when introduced back into another part of the environment. It's, uh, uh, actually, uh, Veda Austin is doing some really good work on that with um, flash freezing water after using music or intention or prayer or anything like that with different symbols and different um, talking points. So like mm -hmm. when you say... Christianity, um, when you flash freeze that, a cross is frozen in the ice, you know, things like that. Wow, that's incredible. I'll have to check into that. That's good stuff. That's, I, that's, I really uh, enjoy very... the scientific as well as the spiritual nature of things. I think that right. a lot of people try to say science and religion are opposites. I do not agree with that at all. I think that science answers the question of how. Whereas religion answers the question of why. I like that. I like that. And I, I concur. You know, I think um, when you're sometimes when you're studying things in isolation, it's hard to it's hard to understand the full breadth mm -hmm. of its capacity in in the when it's involved in the rest of the world. And so oftentimes we try to take what science is so good about, but also what causes it to have blinders is studying things in isolation, mm -hmm. which which is great because it gives us a lot of information about that that thing. Um, but it's removed from the greater context. Mm -hmm. And so Oftentimes when we study something in the lab, you know, water, H2O, we want to break everything down into the molecules. And, uh, but that it's kind of like, um, not seeing the forest for the trees, mm -hmm. um, concept. 
but you also don't want to be guilty of not seeing the trees for the forest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I actually majored in religious studies um, from UVA, and there were two main secular um, theologies, well, um, paradigms, you could call them, within the secular religious studies field. Um, one of them came from the University of Pennsylvania, which says that you need to be outside of a religion in order to be able to see it fully. Uh, you can't be within that religion. You have to uh, analyze it from an unbiased perspective. Whereas the University of Virginia, which is the other competing school of thought, says that you have to be within the religion in order to study its full implications of everything. And I think that it's only a combination of both that we can really come to an understanding of the full picture. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like, uh, I don't know if it was before we started the recording or not, but we were talking about one of my guests and they were talking about understanding your personality. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you, you have, you have to come to grips with understanding your personality and your personhood, not only from within yourself, but recognizing it from outside of yourself. And it's, mm -hmm. he used the analogy of a car, you know, from the inside, you see all the dials and the steering wheel and the clutch and the brakes and the seats, but you don't know what color the car is from the inside. Yeah. And you have to get out, walk around, kick the tires, you know, look up under the hood, you know. Um, so if we only critique religion from outside of it, then we don't, you know, we don't really understand what's under, you know, what's inside. But if, if you're, if you, if you refuse to look outside your paradigm and you only um, critique your religion from within it, then you're also very limited in, in having a more full, comprehensive understanding of the whole, the whole situation. And so it gives you like a one-sided view. Mm -hmm. um, going for a scientific term, there are no closed systems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything interacts with everything else. We are all connected. And uh, a lot of a lot of people who have a psychedelic experience um, get almost like a dump truck word on them with that with that concept. You know, mm -hmm. the the uh, connection, the degree to which everything's connected. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's something yeah. that the psychedelic experience will. Uh, Hand you in spades. Mm -hmm. Very true. Um, have you had any people on that have had positive experiences with other things besides natural sources, psilocybin? Well, so like DMT, um, some of the more, what is the M3, M530 or something like that that's out now? Uh, so many of these, those synthetic compounds I'm, I'm really not familiar with. Um, I have, I have had people mention that they've tried, uh, 2CB and, um, various other synthetic psychedelic analogs. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't recall if they mentioned much about it. I know my last guest as of the time of this recording, episode 21 with Bernardo, he, he speaks, uh, at length about DMT. Mm -hmm. um and and dmt comes in various forms um and various ways to use it um and i know i've had people 
expressed that they had used mescaline and uh, LSD in the past. Um, I don't I don't recall right at this moment um, to what degree they've shared um, particular uh, positive or negative Im impacts. Um, I know they have. I just can't bring anything to mind at the moment. It's one of the um, things that um, is very iffy to me, um, just because I've, especially like the way Joe Rogan talks about it or things like that. Um, there are a lot of people who are not Christians um, who are opening themselves up to spiritual entities that seems very dangerous to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's a spiritual world out there that we can't see. And especially if if you have absolutely no reference point for it then whatever you experience you're going to conclude that that is the spiritual the spiritual world mm -hmm. um because again that you've only experienced a small slice of it mm -hmm. and so some people come back from a psychedelic experience having had a spiritual experience and they have a very negative um outlook on the spiritual and some come back with an overwhelmingly positive view of the spiritual. Some people have uh, communed with angels. They believe some people have been, you know, chased by demons. So I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to, um, to believing either of those people. They very well may have, I don't know. This is just a, a thought anyways, but it could be the same thing as what we were talking about earlier with the heart. You know, Jesus says, you bring up what is either good or evil out of your heart. It's not what goes into the mouth. It's what comes out of your heart that makes you good. Well, you bring up either good or evil out of your heart. And in the same way, it may be that the people who are using these substances are bringing up out of themselves either those positive feelings or those negative feelings. Right. Right. Um, I, I do know uh, folks who believe that using psychedelics actually does open a doorway where you begin interacting with the spiritual world and you can be, uh, you know, assailed upon yeah. by bad actors. Um my only pushback on that is that I think maybe you're just, um, maybe it's revealed to you. I mean, we live in a spiritual world. The spiritual world is the prerequisite to the material world. We tend to, we, again, because of our education, we tend to view things upside down. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, through billions of years of small, subtle mutations, you know, we've arrived here at this, the pinnacle of life, the human, the human form with all its intellect. And from there, we entered into a spiritual life. Mm -hmm. I think that's completely backwards. I think that the spiritual world existed and decided to manifest in a material form. And that's where we find ourselves. I think you're actually biblical on that too. Um, I hope so. <laughs> if you look, if you look back at Genesis, uh, when Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden, 
Um, the Hebrew word used there literally means clothed in flesh. Mm. So my thought in any case is that we were made as spiritual bodies first and then placed into physical flesh. So absolutely the spirit would come before the flesh. I can't, um, I can't lay down the evidence for that, but that, that's, that, that's what I've concluded um, through a life of haphazardly studying these things for whatever my uh, opinion on the topic is worth. Hey, everyone's opinion is valid. Even if we don't agree with them. Right. Uh, I don't, I don't get bent out of shape when I hear a contradictory opinion. Well, that's not true. I do sometimes, but <laughs> probably depends on the field. Right. Right. I usually check myself, you know, and, uh, but as I mentioned to you earlier, you know, we have to, we have to give everyone else, um, at least the basic level of respect mm -hmm. that they've come to conclusions similar to the way that we have through a series of interactions with other people and interactions with data mm -hmm. that they've received through bumping around this awkward world that we live in and through the teaching of others. So they, they've arrived at those conclusions through the same haphazard, uh, bizarre method we have. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Each of us has our own experience and Anyways, that's what I'm trying to do with my podcast is to talk to each of the other Christians out there who have a lot different experiences than what I do, um, because I think it's only through those discussions with the ones that um, especially make us angry or make us not want to talk to them. It is very beneficial for both parties to have to sit down and have an actual discussion without yelling at each other because we have a lot to learn from each other. I think podcasts are a great format for that because it, it's not going to, I don't know why I, I would actually watch network television if they would host, uh, you know, two Christians talking about a subject. I think that, that our, our societal educational and entertainment apparatuses uh don't really have a grip on the current shift in uh in human entertainment dynamics you might say um i think people want to delve deep into interesting topics and i you know you're not going to get the airtime for that anywhere else but the podcasting format is open-ended. So you and I could talk about this for five minutes or we could talk about it for five hours mm -hmm. and, um, and whoever wants to participate that can join along for the ride. Yeah, that's why I think uh, podcasts are really one of the waves of the communication future. Not necessarily mm -hmm. if it's going to be entertainment, but communication is absolutely crucial. Right. I, uh, I'm not, in any way delving into politics here, but I think someone I, I heard recently uh, made a good point. Um, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is currently has a, you know, running a campaign for the presidents of the mm -hmm. presidency of the United States of America. And he said, just like television in the generation 
of his uncle, JFK, was a massive um, informative media at, in, in reaching the public. Uh, and it effectively determined that election, in his opinion. He thinks that podcasting will determine the next few elections. So it's interesting yeah, to see. There. It's interesting to see how something that just kind of birthed out of, you know, some some nerds on the Internet is now like the medium by which, you know, people exchange information. Mm -hmm. So it's it's incredible. And it's amazing what we can all learn when our information isn't coming from a central source. Right, right. Or um, somehow curated. Right. Somehow our information is also not curated by, you know, a corporation that wants to sell us something, you know. Um, every, you know, often, oftentimes media is, is tainted because, because there's a perspective that's being um, well-crafted to sell you something so it's it's almost like the conversation that you're watching is not really the point the point is to sell you tide yes. you know or a pharmaceutical or whatever yep. and and they got you there because they uh presented you know a topic of interest that you might you know take the time to sit down and watch and then uh but it's just it's just the canvas you know for for marketing a product to you which i'm not 100% against. I just wish it was a little more uh, transparent than that. Yeah, absolutely. Or not controlled by only, you know, like six companies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would help too, but we'll, we'll put that one aside. Right. But that's the beauty of hearing from all, you know, what you're doing here. You're, you're getting, you're not getting, you're not getting conversations within one, um, Christian paradigm. Mm -hmm. You're opening up to the broader uh, Christian community. Um, I, you know, I've never lived the experience of a Pentecostal Christian. Mm -hmm. So for me to hear their experience and about their theology and the way they live their life and the way they worship, to me, that's very interesting and hopefully can can inform me about how I live in my Christian life. Mm -hmm. um, so like, you know, I, I want to hear, from, I like, I enjoy hearing from a broad spectrum of the Christian community. And that's, um, I've actually had the privilege of that with my own show that I didn't really, I guess that's something I wasn't really looking for. Mm -hmm. um, but I've interviewed, you know, people who are on the fringes of charismatic type Christian experience and those of, you know, uh, the you know the catholic faith mm -hmm. so and everything in between yeah so that's, that's been a and that's beautiful because again i don't think it's um necessary to have a certain mindset to be a christian there's only a few things that you need to believe in jesus that he was resurrected um you know to confess that before others and to be baptized other than that believe what you want and test the scriptures and follow your own path that's that that's that's what we're all doing anyway uh we just don't want to say it out loud <laughs> we'd rather fall you into know. a box because it's more easy that way right right and it, it gives us um you know we all even though 
it's funny our nature our nature is kind of duplicitous you know we we don't want constraints on us we want to make up our own mind about everything um but as soon as we do that we want to form a box around it that's very rigid <laughs> and not let anything deter us you know and then we want to force everyone else to get in that same box yep. and it's like wow it's like uh we're uh yeah, we're very duplicitous that way. We want to, we don't want anybody telling us what to do, but we love telling everyone else what to do uh, and believe. So. You should look. You should look at it this way. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the way I look at it. Exactly. Yep. Therefore, yep. the only correct way. Thank you for being on, Clint, and letting me know a little bit about your podcast and letting the listeners know a little bit about your podcast, and hopefully they'll connect with you. And um, So would you mind letting them know where they can find you? Yeah, um, my podcast is The Psychedelic Christian Podcast, and it can be found on all the, you know, the apps, you know, Twitter, uh, or well, I am on social media a little bit, um, and I Mostly on Twitter, I can be connected with there as far as social media. But as far as the podcast, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, um, Audible, you know, it's on all those. And of course, you can always go to the website, the psychedelic Christian podcast.com. If you don't get exhausted typing all that, um, <laughs> and uh, it can be found there. Um, it's a really bare bones website. Um, I'm not a not very technologically savvy so i kind of did the uh, youtube university how to build a website and got something up there it's operable it works um but i welcome people to reach out um they can email me contact at the psychedelic christian podcast.com and or they can direct message me on twitter linkedin um I have a Facebook presence, but I don't spend very much time there at all. I usually just go there to, you know, um, let people know when there's a new episode. Mm -hmm. um, but I welcome I welcome conversation on the topic. You know, I'm not I'm not dogmatic about anything. I um, I welcome conversation uh, about Christianity and psychedelics. I I respect people who've come to the conclusion that it's right or wrong um i want to give them the opportunity to share their opinion and uh, hopefully in the process we'll all come to a better understanding of all this together um given polite conversation and debate instead of you know throwing stones at each other <laughs> absolutely 100 percent agree sir yeah if you got any if you have any more questions i'm welcome to entertain those or um, or if you'd like to uh, revisit the topic another time, either way. Yeah, um, let's uh, revisit the topic another time and schedule something up, and maybe I can be on your show and do an uh, interview with you. That sounds like a great idea, and I'll uh, I'll be sending you information shortly, and we'll we'll get that on the calendar, and we'll make it happen. I've I've had a great time meeting you and and getting to uh, speak to your audience. Um, and I look forward to more of your podcast coming out. I like the direction you're taking it. And I've enjoyed your guests. I haven't listened to the most recent, but I've listened to your other guests, um, the the pastor and then the woman who 
does mission work in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, both, both very interesting. And so I look forward to more and more of your content. Thank you, sir. I'm looking forward to yours too, because I really enjoyed your show too. Well, hopefully I'll carve out more time to uh, get a little more uh, content out there on a regular basis. Um, it takes me a while to get, to get an interview set up and, and uh, get everything edited and posted, but I'm going to keep this ball rolling. I enjoy it. And uh, uh, based on all the feedback I get, um, everyone else enjoys it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to keep doing it. Maybe a labor of love, but uh, but I enjoy it. That's good stuff. So thank you all for listening today. And I hope you all have a blessed day. This is Discussions on Christianity signing out.